0: welcome to the conversation of money podcast this is the weekly show where we talk about all things money and finance and where we give you information to help you make the best financial decisions possible so if you want to buy your first home you want to be better with money you want to learn how to invest where to begin this is the show for you i'm your host peter Komalafe. i'm so thrilled to have you here so without further ado let's get going with this week's show. Good morning, good morning. It is the 7th of December. This is the first show in December and the last month of the year. And today, this episode is a bit of a milestone for me. When I started this in January, I wanted to have a 52-episode podcast that, for me, would symbolize consistency. It would symbolize progress It would symbolize perhaps the beginning of something that would later on become something much, much bigger. And 52 was the number for me because I wanted to do one a week. And I thought if I managed to do that by the end of this year, I should, through consistency, build a good audience in terms of followers, listeners, so on and so forth. And it would give me a basis to begin 21 Um, with something that I know that has worked and attracted and helped people. And that's the biggest thing for me, being able to help people. And I have to say, a lot of the messages that I do receive uh, talk about how useful this podcast is. And so this episode for me is a really, really, really big one. And today, with it being a milestone, um, I spent a little bit of time just thinking through the week, you know, what do I want to do for this? And looking back over the topics. And there's one thing that I didn't or we haven't actually covered so far this year on the podcast. And when I look back through 20, it's something that I've adopted in my personal finances. And I want to take this opportunity at this milestone stage um, of the podcast this year to ask the question of you and see whether this concept is going to help you in 21. Because let's face it, we're now three, maybe four weeks away from the new year. And many people will be having New Year's resolutions. And as all things with New Year's resolutions, number one, they have a reputation for not really lasting that long and not being seen through. And number two, because of reason number one, they're often seen as a bit of a fad. And I believe that, you know, whenever you start a new journey or a new chapter like a new year, for example, it's really, really important to be clear on. What your plans are, what your aspirations are, what you want to, what you want to achieve for that period of time. So in this episode, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to introduce something that I have definitely adopted this year in my personal circumstances. And I'm asking the rhetorical question of how might it help you in 21? And here's the overarching question what are your goals for next year? More specifically, what are your financial goals for next year? And I think it's really, really important. If you follow me on YouTube, which I'm sure many of you do, and I know that many of you do, um, you've heard me speak about the importance of goals because a goal is how you articulate where you want to be, what you want to achieve, your aspirations. And off the back of a goal, if you're serious about it, you want to make way to that goal. You create a plan, which essentially gives you the steps that you're going to take in order to achieve said goal. And I think it's very, very important that we take time in life to sit back or at least step back and have financial goals, business goals, personal goals, health goals, whatever they might be. But I think it's really important to have a separate financial goal. So what is your financial goal for 21? Do you have a financial resolution that you're setting up in January? It might be changing something very, very small. And again, this is where I hope this topic today might help in some way to you achieving your goals in 21. So what I want to talk about in today's episode is financial minimalism. And I don't really like the term. However, it is a popular term because when you think about financial minimalism, One thing that I automatically go to in my head is the other word that I do not like, which is frugal. And many people talk about frugality and how it can be positive. And believe me, yes, I understand that it can be positive. However, I'm not a really big believer in frugality to the extreme. I believe in managing your money and being uh, thoughtful with your money. And when it comes to the concept of financial minimalism, even though I make that connection with frugality, when I look back over this year, I've certainly been a financial minimalist in my approach to my circumstances as they they have evolved through the year. Let me explain. So many of you will know, if you've listened to previous uh, episodes of the podcast, I was in a job this year, Paid pretty well, lots of disposable income. And COVID put an end to that, which meant that I'm now doing this full-time and I'm pushing myself to create business, create a brand based on providing financial education, financial content, and helping people on their journey. But as a result of that, because I had a huge reduction in income, being self-employed right now, I'm investing all of my money, all of my effort into the business. And what that essentially meant was I had to take a really hard look at my personal finances and make certain decisions to ensure that I could really reduce down my expenses as much as possible. And this is really the the foundation of financial minimalism. It's all about living below your means. So not overextending from a financial point of view, your financial resources to the point where you feel stretched. And look, one of the big things that I had to do this year was basically pay off things like my car and all of my debt. I mean, the car really was the only debt that I had, um, but I had to pay that off. I had to make it make it so that I didn't have a financial burden on a monthly basis of X amount to pay monthly for the car. So I decided to allocate a large proportion of my emergency fund straight to pay off the car. And off the back of that, I've also had a look at other areas in my finances to see where I could actually cut costs. And this is really the basis of financial minimalism. It's all about trying to ensure that you're not overstretching your financial resources if you don't need to. And this is the operative part if you don't need to. Sometimes when you think about financial minimalism, or at least when I think about it, I associate it with frugality is because I personally have a really uh, negative view of the idea of frugality in that with frugality, it almost feels as though you have to be really, really cheap. Like, you know, you can't go out for that meal if you really wanted to. You couldn't go to the cinema if you really, really wanted to. And I know that's an extreme view, but that's always been my impression of frugality and how I've approached that and certainly been my interaction and 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 view of frugality when I've ever had conversations about it in previous lives and previous in previous guises. And therefore, I have a negative connotation. Financial minimalism, again, kind of I thought that it it, it tees into that a little bit, but I know that it's completely separate. And if anything, this year has been an interesting year because I know that you listening, you may have had to tighten your belt. Many people have had to tighten their belt. And whilst in most cases, that has been an involuntary thing because of circumstances. What I believe has happened with COVID is it's allowed us to really sit back and really realise, well, what are we actually spending our money on? I mean, if you live in London or if you spend any money on commutes to work, you've not had to pay for the fuel. You've not had to pay for the the train tickets. You've not had to pay for that monthly cost of going to and fro from work. So there is a clear understanding and acknowledgement that half the stuff we send, spend our monthly money on actually is completely unnecessary. I mean, through lockdown, how much money did people save on shopping for things that in reality, we don't really need. We, we, we battle with wants and needs. And I think sometimes we confuse what we want with what we need and vice versa sometimes. And I think COVID has been a huge eye-opener to not just myself, but to many people around. We don't need half the stuff that we want. And again, this is where financial minimalism comes into it. Trying to ensure that we're not spending money on things that are unnecessary. Because ultimately... What is the key to creating wealth and the key to having peace of mind or being financially independent? The key is to have enough money should you need it for the things that you need it for. Really, that's fundamentally what it's all about. And that right there allows you the ability to live life on your terms, knowing that you have some financial resources behind you that can allow you to make big choices like, right, you know what? I hate my job. I'm going to leave. And if you've listened to the podcast, the first podcast with David Bell, we spoke about this. Many people are stuck in the nine to five cycle because they are, number one, cuffed golden handcuffs. And I definitely was in that situation before where you earn pretty well, you don't like it, but the money's really good. So you don't want to make that break. But more importantly, because there are no financial resources behind you to an Power you to take that drop in income and free yourself from that cycle that you don't particularly enjoy. And I believe this is really, really important. How else can you build an emergency fund? How else can you invest in the market? How else can you get the balance that you're seeking for if you don't have the financial resources behind you in order to do so? And this is where financial minimalism is so important. Making sure that we do not spend money on things that we absolutely do not need. And, you know, in this episode, I will share with you some of my financial outgoings just to show you and kind of bear testament almost to some of the things that I've really, really, really paid attention to this year to make sure that I get my expenses down to as little as possible. And trust me, I've still got some luxuries in there. I've still got some things in there that, you know, I don't actually need them, but they give me an ex- an escape. So things like, you know, Amazon Prime and Spotify, I've still got those available. And those are the things that I don't need it, but I want it. And I think with all things, it's about balance. It's really is about balance. So I remember, and um, Simone was on, on the podcast this year, she was a doula. Um, she came to me for coaching and she was concerned that I was going to say, you know what, Simone, you've got to cut everything. And balance is always the key message that I give to anybody who approaches me for, for coaching. Let's have a look at your finances and let's try and see where the balance is between the things that you like to do, the things that you want to do and the things that you need and the things that you don't need. And that's where it really, really bears forth. So I'm going to. Sh- Talk to you and and, and kind of explain some of the things that I've had to do. But let's start off with, right, what are the first steps to financial minimalism? This is if you are trying to set some financial goals, some financial boundaries, some financial resolutions for 21, and you're just trying to figure out where you begin on this journey. Well, you hear me speak about this all the time. The first thing that you have to do if you want to be a financial minimalist next year and try and control your outgoings and make sure that you've got enough surplus cash to save for your first home, to invest in the market, to build an emergency fund. So you could say to your boss, you know what, you're fired. I'm done. I'm off. I want to do something of my own. This is the very first step. First thing you need to do is get an understanding of what your goal is. Really, really need to understand if it is buying that first property, write that down. Dream board that. If it is, you want to tell your boss, you're fired. I'm off. I'm going to go off and do this because you've now found something that, you, that you're that you passionate about and something that has, you've been passionate about for a long time. And COVID has certainly taught you that, you know what, can't really rely on one income anymore. Then write that down. Be clear on what that is. The second thing, which is the most crucial thing, and this is where the practical work come in, comes in, guys, is Sitting down with your finances over the last 12 months, and I do this annually. So I'm going to be doing this again through December and first week in, in January. Sitting down with all of my bank statements for the last 12 months and literally going through everything that I had going out of my account during that 12 month period. Because I'll tell you what happens you will have paid things or you would have paid for things with credit cards, debit cards, annual subscriptions that you don't see on a monthly basis. And those things often are big, big items. So for me, for example, last year, I think I saved something like, well, this year when I did it in January, I think I saved myself something like 300 quid on some subscriptions that, you know, I bought a one-off service that was due to renew. And I'm thinking, well, actually I don't need that anymore because I've got a replacement for it or I just don't use that service anymore. The first thing you need to do is sit down with your bank statements. And look, that 12 months bank statement, for many people you'll be thinking, oh my God, what, really? How long is that gonna take me? It's worthwhile doing. And the only thing that you're looking for here is everything that you've paid for. Your direct debits will be relatively easy for you to source because you'll be able to see that within any of your banking apps, so that list is pretty tight and most people know exactly what their direct debits are. But what you're looking for here is you're looking for subscriptions, things that have gone off your credit cards or your bank bank uh, debit cards, for example. So again, with this, not just your bank statements, but your credit card statements as well, because you're trying to identify the one-off subscriptions or one-off services that come out on a yearly basis. What you then want to do is write everything down. Once you've got that out of the way, what you then, need to do is essentially separate those, those outgoings into things that you need and things that you absolutely do not need. And this means being really clinical and being extremely honest. Is it necessity? If it is, it goes in the needs. If it isn't necessity, it goes into the unnecessary or the wants. And then you can sit back and take a view of it and say, right, if there is anything in this unnecessary expenses pile that you want to keep, keep it. But if there will be a handful of things, I bet, where you're thinking, now nah, definitely don't need that. Absolutely definitely do not need that. If that is the case, bin them, cancel them, get rid of them. And what you're left with there is more of a streamlined approach to what money you're going to have going out For that year. Now, the idea here is to be as clear as possible in terms of what those amounts actually add up to. Because if you, say, for example, earn £30,000 per year and you add up all of your direct debits, your insurances, your mortgages, uh, your council tax, your gas, your electric, everything, all subscriptions, then you know that that's going to come to a certain amount once you tally all of that up as an annual cost. That number will be a very specific, very clear number. You minus that off what you get paid on a monthly basis or an annual basis even because we're looking at annually at this point in time. There's a difference between those two numbers. That right there is essentially your disposable pot. Now, clearly there are going to be holidays and things like that that you want to do and birthdays and anniversaries and all of the good stuff and the stuff that you might enjoy doing. That's fine allocate a portion of your money towards that. And guys, don't get me wrong. This sounds sweet and beautiful to start off with, just to get you really, really clear, but also be mindful that things will change throughout the year because something's going to come up and you're going to need to allocate some cash to that. But having a good idea, and let's just say, for example, 30,000 pounds per year, and let's just say all of your expenses, all the things that you have to pay for, including some of the unnecessary stuff that you want to keep equates to 20,000 pounds. Well, that's 10,000 pounds left over. And this is a really good way of getting an overview and that realization of how much money, how much wastage potentially there is. Because the minute you realize what that number is, you will be very, very surprised that you'll become very, very mindful of, oh my God, that's 10,000 pounds. If someone walked to you on the street and said, here, Gary, here's 10,000 pounds, you'll take their arm off for it. So being mindful and being a financial minimalist is all about protecting that £10,000 that you have left over and ensuring that you get to retain as much of it as possible. And by retaining it, I mean not spending it on stuff that is not needed. And while you're retaining it, you then have the ability to either allocate it to your goals, your house purchase, investing for the future? Your emergency fund, if you want to have a little bit of a cushion, is that £10,000 going to be sufficient enough for you to say, you know what, boss, you're fired. I'm off. I need to go off and I want to go off and do what I want to do. Ask yourself that question. Because look, it sounds very, very simple. And I know, I know from personal experience, when you're in it day to day, it can get foggy. You can get, can You can get distracted with all kinds of stuff, but having this exercise done at the beginning of the year gives you an element of clarity. And that's all I would love everyone to take away from this episode of the podcast in thinking about 21. How are you going to gain clarity over your finances for 21 and what are you going to do about your financial situation? How are you going to work towards your financial goals? If you walk away from this episode with a good understanding, with at least an inkling that you're going to do this episode, my job will be done. But I have to say as well, one of the key things that is really, really important here, and this is a trap that everybody falls into. Number one, you have to monitor, you have to review what you're doing. Because let's face it, things will happen that will require money. And it's very, very easy to just not think about it, just allocate the cash and just go. You have to monitor this. You have to review this on a regular basis. The other thing that is important is to make sure that you do not pick up more expenses going forward unless you absolutely need to, unless you absolutely need to. And we fall into this cycle and I have where you get a promotion, you earn more money. Therefore, your expenses increase because you get to upgrade the car, you get to upgrade the house, you get to upgrade where you shop. And those things are fine as one-off expenses, but continue expenses, it could be quite damaging because it's not going to allow you to utilize this spare money that you're earning to build for the future. And there's an, again, balance in this. You have to enjoy the present and enjoy the things that you want to to do in the present with one eye on the future. And that really comes down to discipline and having a clear goal, clarity from the outset. Because Regardless of how twenty, how hard 20 has been, 21 is still going to be filled with opportunities for people. I know plenty of people who have got promotions, who have started new jobs, who have had pay rises throughout 2020, despite what happened with COVID. So there will be opportunities in 21. There will be opportunities for everybody with, from a money earning point of view, you can start your own business, you might have promotions, you might walk into new roles, there will be opportunities. It's whether you identify them and and how open you are to them as well. But being able to make sure that that you have enough clarity in your goals, in your plan to ensure that when these opportunities do come along, that mean that you earn additional money, that you don't upgrade your expenses, essentially wiping out all of the gain that you get from the increased money that you earn. And look, I was going to show you, and I will just explain some of the things that I've had to do this year and how I've actually streamlined my finances to make it as minimalist as possible. Now, for me, the only debt that I have right now is my mortgage. And that's a really, really nice place to be. And even in the summer, I remortgaged the mortgage because it was, it was up anyway. So with mortgage rates being so cheap right now, I managed to save around about £150 a month on my mortgage, which if you are in a mortgage at this point in time, it's, it's an exercise that is worthwhile doing. Mortgage rates are extremely low. If you're in a standard variable rate, you could get yourself fixed onto a lower lower fixed rate. If you're in a fixed rate and you haven't got too long left on your mortgage term, so it could be, you know, expiring in six months time, might be worthwhile having a conversation with your mortgage lender around the opportunities that you have of either exiting early. Again, you need to be careful with this because sometimes even if you exit a when you exit a fixed rate mortgage early there are early repayment charges so it's worthwhile doing an exercise to make sure that it's actually worthwhile and the penalty doesn't outweigh the reduction that you're going to get potentially with the with the mortgage payment but if you're in this situation where you have the ability to remortgage now could be a good time because for many people a mortgage is the biggest expense that they incur on a monthly basis so think about that i managed to save 150 quid Uh, per month on my mortgage right now which means that my mortgage payment is a lot less that's extra money that i don't have to commit to mortgage payment paying interest or part interest on the mortgage payment have a look at shopping around for your gas and your electric i had a friend who literally rang around all the suppliers and said listen times are hard i don't think i can afford this anymore um, I'm thinking of leaving you and guess what? He managed to get something like 30 pounds off each his gas and ele- of his gas and electric. So a little bit of money that you can actually save there. So think about that as well. I've done that this year, managed to reduce my package down. Same thing with Sky. Managed to save a little bit of money on Sky as well. And one of the big things is, you know, I've definitely saved money on this year, and you know, over the last twelve months, anyway, I haven't renewed or bought a new phone. I've literally kept the handset, the phone that I've that I've had, which is a iPhone 10. I've not upgraded to an 11 or a 12 like I would normally would do, but that is a huge saving. So, for the last twelve months, I've paid 18 pounds a month with Three for uh, a sim only deal, unlimited uh, minutes, unlimited text, and unlimited Wi-Fi. I've just gone onto a new deal with Three which gives me, I think it's 12 gigs worth of data, unlimited minutes, unlimited text for 10 pounds a month. One of the biggest expenses that we carry at the moment is actually in our pocket in our phone, especially if you're going in for deals with, you know, iPhone 12s and iPhone 11s where you're having to pay a hundred plus pounds a month. I mean, we really need to be, be thinking about this, like really thinking about this. And, you know, I used to pay 75, Almost £80 a month for, for a phone prior to me thinking, hang on a second, this is absolutely ridiculous. So, an opportunity to make some really, really big savings on things like phone contracts as well. Now, I still have Spotify, I still have Amazon because that gives me an escape. I love going to the cinema, although the cinemas haven't really been open. So, I've got a Cineworld, Odeon uh, subscription, sorry, which to be fair, they've paused. So, it's only £18 a month though. So, Those are the luxuries. Do I need it? Absolutely not. But I do enjoy going to the cinema when the cinemas are open because I love Marvel films and I love going to the movie just in general. It's kind of my way of winding down. And for me, I've reduced my expenses significantly. No credit cards, no car finance. And it's a very, very nice place to be. And I'm lucky to be in this position, but it also took a little bit of planning and prepping. It meant really being able to monitor. Again, holding back as much as much of what I earned as possible to get into a position where I could say, you know what, I've got to cut down my debt because I don't want to have the financial burden. It's really, really important, guys. And this is why we're saying that first exercise, all of your bank statements for the last 12 months, it might take you an hour, it might take you an hour and a half, but go through it and write down everything that has gone out of your account Over the last 12 months and strip them into piles, what you need and what you don't need. Feel free to keep some of the stuff that you want to keep, but everything else cut. The whole idea of financial minimalism is living below your means, retaining as as much of the money that you earn as possible. From that point onwards and from that place, it allows you to invest. It allows you to save for a deposit for a property. It allows you to build an emergency fund so that you've got money set aside so that you can tell your boss that you're leaving and just, you know, get into something that you enjoy doing. It could be the difference between you finding the balance that you want, working two to three days, going part time if you wanted to, working on a side hustle in the meantime. This is the basis from which you start to achieve personal goals. And look, yes, life happens. And yes, we it's easy for us to get distracted. That happens way too often, way too often. But we need clarity in 21. We need to understand that only round the corner, and I don't know when this will be, it could be in two years time, four years time, five years time, There will be another instance where we enter into a recession. The question is, are we going to be smart enough to be prepared and in a better position than what we were in this year when it hit everybody really, really hard and gave us a rude awakening? We have to be prepared. We have to be clever enough to be in a position where we can take advantage. One of the things that I've spoken about on this podcast and on YouTube A lot is the fact that, you know, now is a great time to invest. You can't invest with zero money. So the next time a recession rolls around, are you going to be in a position where you have £5,000, £2,000, £10,000 tucked away because you've retained that money from what you earn to put into the market and a discount and ride the wave to really create wealth? what are you going to learn from this entire thing? Whilst I was still practicing, and I was practicing financial minimalism and, you know, retaining income to a certain extent. It wasn't as severe as it wasn't. And I'll tell you what, I feel a whole lot better for it now because I I have to find total per month, 862 pounds in costs, in bills. Food goes on top of that, but I don't include that as part of my outgoings on a monthly basis because you have to eat. So the food number is the food number, essentially. That probably runs about 100 pounds a week, roughly. But the stuff that I know that I've are, are committed expenses just on the, just over 800 pounds for me. So how can you reduce yours to as small as possible? And it will be relative. For some people, you, it might be 1500. For some people it might be 1,000. For some people it might be 2,000. depends on your lifestyle. But how can you reduce your outgoings? and retain as much of your income as possible to help you build for the future, to help you achieve some goals in 21. That's what I wanted to talk about in today's podcast. One of the things that you can do, which is a really, really good tool, and this will help many people is, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've spoken about here is really just budgeting, simple budgeting. And budgeting these days can sound really, really boring. Uh, I use a spreadsheet, other people like to use apps. There is an app that you can use. That actually, there's, there's a number of them, actually. Uh, Money Farm is a really, really good one. Emma is a really, really good one. I will post links in the show notes. Um, so you can actually use the links in there to go find them and use them. I've had the uh, guy who, um, who created Emma on the podcast about two months ago. So there is an episode with him. Go and listen to that. Um, and these things are created to help you. Take, do the heavy lifting to take that burden off you all you need to do is connect it to your bank account and an app like emma for example will analyze everything for you so you know exactly where you're spending your money and it draws a draws a picture over a period of time automatically without you having to do it so use the tools i'll link them in the show notes but as always guys i hope that you found this useful hope that you've uh, taken something away from this It is about 21 now. I'm very, very, very excited. I'm excited about what we're going to do with this podcast in 21. I'm excited about what we're going to do on YouTube. Um, This year has been a blessing for me, despite all of the uncertainty. And I hope that in hindsight, when you look back over 20 you'll find that it's also been a blessing for you, although it may not seem so right now. But the important thing is that we put our best foot forward for the new year and we start to plan, we start to think. So again, if you have anything or you take anything away from this episode, what is your financial goal for 21? I will speak to you next week. Take care.